0: So you didn't blow away on
1: Tuesday. I didn't notice the storm happened. Honestly, you I, felt, didn't I felt the rain come down, and that was about it. I think it's funny that if it rains outside of raining season in Florida, we get real. No, dicks. it rains all the time. But I,
0: I know I, I went outside on the porch, and I will say, like, it was super fast, like mm-hmm. as in fast wind. But then, like, it was over and, like there was like twelve minutes of really bad though. It got really dark really windy tree some little branches started coming down I was like oh I sure I should be on the porch and then and then it was bright and sunshine again like just right afterwards but uh anyway apparently there was I hear there was like tornado issues kind yeah. of down by mcDill and stuff like that but
1: yeah I did hear that and it hit up a- the north, pretty bad too. Um, and it was like windy, rainy snow for a lot longer. <laughs> such, a,
0: such a strange kind of storm though. Like so just some weird band that came through of I don't know what that was, but hey guys, those just joining us, welcome to Tampa Talk. It's January twelfth. I'm John. And
1: I'm Dahlia. Thanks for joining us. All
0: right, what are we talking about?
1: So uh on this week in Tampa History. Um, On January 18th, 1824, the first infantry arrived in Tampa Bay with Colonel George Brooke. Um, And so the task force that had left from Pensacola on January 15th made its way to Tampa Bay. And um, yeah, they arrived with their, with their teams. And um, shortly afterwards, January 18th, 1849. So what's that five years? Oh no, sorry. Like 25 years later, or something like that, um, they established the uh, Tampa as a village. Mm. And so it took a vote of 14 men to establish Tampa as a village. Another actually fun fact about it being called Tampa is that originally Tampa was supposed to be named like Ta- Tagah- Tagawauchi or something like that. It's an indigenous word. And Tampa, the city we know, the name we know for our city, was the name of a town in... Um, around the four myers area really and what happened was again an indigenous word and what happened was they described tampa in letters as the open the mouth of this bay um in a, in a big port city for these indigenous seminoles like the Seminole tribe um which if you look at pine island which is where um tampa was originally named in 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 Fort Myers it was that it was the it was a mouth of a bay but it was a lot smaller and so uh map cartographers misunderstood the description and labeled Tampa what is what was tegagahuchi or something like that and never made the correction so like we accidentally got the name Tampa it was a mistake um And otherwise, Tampa would have been Pine Island.
0: I want some footnotes.
1: I I have photos. (laughs) I want to see that. That's amazing. I learned that going down to Pine Island, and there's a whole plaque about how this was supposed to be Tampa. And it was spelled with an N also.
0: Tampa was the actual origin. The word, the um, native word was Tampa. And my understanding was that it meant like sticks of fire.
1: Yeah, that was that was part of this plaque too. So, if you're ever in Pine Island, that's the original, like, which is by Four Myers, right after, like, Matt Lachey. Um, that's the original, like, namesake of Tampa.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Very right, fun fact. But in modern news, um, so we've got updates around the um, Florida abortion laws that are trying to be passed through. And so, if people are familiar, we mentioned last week too. That the 15 week abortion ban um, and six week abortion ban that lawmakers have been working to approve um, are ongoing in the Florida Supreme Court. But um, the Florida freedom fighters have officially got enough petition signatures to get an amendment to the, Consti- the Florida Constitution put onto the 2024 ballot. Yep. And so. Um, it's a lot of
0: signatures in a week.
1: It is. Yeah. Yep. And so they needed like 890,000 and some. And basically, uh, and sorry, the organization is called Floridians protecting freedom. Mm-hmm. And they, with this new verbiage on this, um, on this, on the vote will be to amend the constitution to, um, protect access to abortions until viability, which is estimated to be 24 weeks. So it wouldn't be like, you can have an abortion and, you know, fully pregnant. Um, it's, it's still like a cutoff point mm-hmm. from what doctors deem like the point of life, I guess. Yep. Um, so that should be on our ballot this year, which is uh, a big accomplishment of this organization. Um and so actually no that's not a good joke. Um so the uh, some other news around our youth <laughs> is um around the uh, Ebor shooting case. And so, because of that, uh, Tampa City Council has decided to advance the juvenile curfew ordinance. And so, people are a little bit concerned about this, or this article reports on people's concern around, um, this ordinance because they feel that there's not enough really data to prove that this curfew is going to help improve the situation in Ebor, but it will essentially implement a a citywide ordinance that prohibits youth under the age of 16 from being out after 11 PM and could result in a $50 fine. And so again, this was a, an ordinance that I guess was already in our laws, but was just not being in in place and was mm. not being like exercised, and so they're like re-implementing it. They're like making it active again. Really. Um. And so some comments from the meeting was uh, the around the risk or around the concern of burdening police officers and potentially committing civil rights violations if we don't know if this ordinance is worth anything yet because there's not a lot of data on it. Um. And they're confused on how you're going to like enforce this rule, right? Like, are you IDing 16-year-olds? Because 16-year-olds might not even necessarily have ID, right? It's unbelievable to think how
0: will this possibly be enforced.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: I know very young boys that look like full grown ass men right. and you, you know, you just, there's just no way. There's just no way.
1: Yeah. And a lot of the concerns when this first came up as a solution was that it will come lead to profiling, right? Like you'll that's be, exactly right. And you'll be asking people that What's well,
0: an excuse to stop and frisk effectively. Like we can stop whoever. go, well, I just needed to know how old you were and be like, it could be anyone.
1: Yeah. So well, that's answer some of the concerns that people brought up. And so, um, city councilman D'Angelo did encourage, um, is that right? I don't know. A guy named D'Angelo encouraged council members to research, uh, how this program has affected things in like Chicago and Baltimore, like bigger cities that have these kinds of things in place. Um, and so we'll see, but it is in place as of now they voted on it. So the juvenile curfew is in effect. Um, after 11, if you're under 16 and you're alone, uh, there will be a $50 fine. Um, also around our youth, the Florida GOP has sought to roll back child labor laws. And so, um, the 2024 legislative session, HB 49 would restrict the number of hours, um, or sorry, remove some of the restrictions of the number of hours, 16 and seven year olds can work. And so that could allow for 16 to seven year olds, um, to be employed like full time or during the school year. Mm -hmm. And so people are worried that this will then, you know, encourage people to work, on top of going to school or over school. And so, um, and then the law also, or another proposal is also looking at the permissions around 16 and 17 year olds working in, um, hazardous industries, such as roofing and construction. Um, and so, yeah, these are two things in the, in the legal system right now. Which reading them, I worked in construction when I was like 14, so I'm surprised. Yeah, I was like, what's the problem? Yeah, so I'm surprised that's the yeah. thing. I also probably worked like 30 hours at 14, so maybe that was the limit. I don't know. But um, these laws, I guess, might infringe on our children. They might not. Maybe they're the right laws that need to be out there um, so that people can get into the workforce. But according to the U.S. Department of Labor, the number of U.S. minors employed in violation of child child labor law has spiked 88% since 2019. And uh, minors in Florida can currently seek waivers excusing them from child labor protections through the DBPR or the Florida Department of Education. So
0: that's cool because the minor, the, the original purpose of some of these laws is to protect youth from exploitation, but effectively what they end up being in like now mm-hmm. is I'm 14 or 15 and I want to work yeah. and I'm not able to. So it's like, it's like a stripping of rights effectively. And so the idea that you can get labor, like, I like the idea of being like, waive my protections yeah. so that I can do this. Um,
1: yeah. And I think kids, I mean, I started working the legal age in my city was uh fourteen and I worked me too. But gym. you could only work a
0: couple hours or whatever here.
1: I think I could work like thirty hours. But yeah. um I started working two weeks after I turned fourteen. Yeah, me too. And I'm happy I did. So I do think we should allow our kids to work. And yeah. you know, these are really extensive bills, so reading into them, there's probably, you know, all these kinds of protections hopefully in place to make sure that you're not exploiting uh child labor or, you know, getting hopefully not getting fired because you can't work, you know, forty hours um, because of school or other commitments we'll say hey nobody else wants to work and a 15 year old wants to work let's go yeah and we forget that a lot of countries younger people working isn't as common because the jobs really need to be there for the like adult population Mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily educated to higher level jobs and so our youth being able to work is a is a differentiating factor of places like canada and the u.s and and countries like that um It's the season of laws, so there's more news about those laws. Um, This law cracked me up. It's the Florida bill uh, making it illegal for drivers to hog left lanes. There we go. Let's go. (laughs) And so, essentially, you could get a fine for being in the left lane. Being an idiot. And not going (laughs) fast enough, I guess. Um, I think that's hilarious because I think this law is so Florida because someone in the left lane could be going 15 over they're not and people would consider them hogging it because yeah, we're going that's right. 30 over bastards um so but yeah, it's, it's new law that might be coming out you hear,
0: so this is old uh george carlin bit where he's talking about dri- i think it was george carlin he's talking about driving and he's like when you're driving anyone going slower than you're going is an idiot yeah and anyone going
1: faster is a maniac yeah, yeah. Anyway. which is the case in florida <laughs> um like I was on the 275 and it's a 55 speed limit. I'm probably going 70 and people are freaking flying past me. Yeah, you need to get over to the right. Yeah, well, I wasn't <laughs> in the left. I was in the right. <laughs> I was going, like, way over in the right and it's still... Well, it's still not nearly as fast as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, well, you start going.
0: coupling hogging left lanes with the next story, which is open carry. or whatever. Well, yeah, well, yeah, next <laughs> well, story. Welcome to Florida, y'all. Yeah,
1: so Tampa Bay Republican files bill to allow open carry. And so you might be saying, don't we already have that? Since the last, you heard a little bit of news about it. Carrying guns recently in the past yeah, year. no license. And we don't have an open carry. We have a concealed carry. So, you currently do not require a license to conceal carry in Florida, um, which was uh, a bill that was um, filed last year, but this bill would allow you to open carry. So, for those of you who don't understand, gun on the outside of your pants.
0: This is just straight-up cowboy stuff. Straight-up cowboy well, stuff. Well, and a lot of the... You know, I've never fully understood open carry. Uh, I know, like, just... I associate it with these, like, because even places where it's legit or legal, like people want to like prove a point about its legality, and like so they're like walking down the road with an assault rifle or something, which even though they're allowed to, then they get like cops called on them because 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 there's some dude walking down the street with a gun. Yeah. I don't I, like I don't fully understand uh, what the outcome, the aimed for outcome is, except no restrictions on firearms, but like you know it is kind of i don't know if it's cool but like you know i like watching gunfight at OK corral and like it's like what i picture Um, holsters and and draw like shooting shooting shootouts
1: yeah i will be interested to see kind of there so when the no license for concealed carry came out a lot of law enforcement including Hillsborough county sheriff's department put up um, additional programs to support the training of people with firearms so like Hillsborough County did a waiver for the yep. concealed carry classes so that you could get them for free. So hopefully encouraging people it's to still get them. is not legislated anymore. They're like, hey, we're and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. I think this is very Florida, this rule. And uh, I think it's just kind of like an exercise of power, right? Like, uh, we obviously don't need open carry. Like, there's nobody who needs open carry. But i guess some people want it yeah so. i mean, i want
0: to walk around he's like it's just strange i don't even know yeah. what the point of this is but like there you go it's it's it's, it's, cu- it's a proposal it's, at this yeah. point
1: right yep that's the case mm-hmm. um and there's a whole other slew of bills that are um in proposal time right now and so you know getting far through legislation because there's a whole bunch of things across the board and in different areas um at the state level um Some news about our Tampa Bay area shelters. So they are continuing to see a growing numbers and are seeking help, um, especially in their senior population. A recent study by the U S department of housing and urban development says that uh, those 50 and older are the fastest growing age group experiencing homelessness. And the 55 and older make up nearly 20% of the sheltered homeless.
0: Dude, that's, I mean, it makes sense. Actually, people Mm -hmm. are aging and getting into that age, but like, what a what a what an embarrassment of a problem for -hmm. uh, for a society yeah oh you're like old people where do they go oh the alley yeah it's insane
1: yeah there's a lot of interesting statistics about how um the senior population really tells a lot about a city's health a, a, a state's health a nation's health um because of how marginalized seniors are people don't want to deal with the old they don't know how to we don't have the money for it and um they get left on the sidelines and it's happening right here in Tampa Bay. Um, this next story, John, I know you were really looking forward to talking about. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, so first of all, there's like, I would argue one of the best spots to grab a good coffee in Tampa is our friends at King state of Nebraska, um, down in, I guess that is Tampa Heights, uh, right next to the interstate there. And that neighborhood has been getting uh, road construction, or I don't know if it's it's road construction and also like sewer construction. Now it has come to Florbraska now, and they have basically closed that road down. I mean, it's been it's been a, at least a month now, probably over a month that that road has been entirely closed. You can, I've gone to King State a couple times during that season, and you can barely get in there. It looks like you can't get there, right? Um, so this small business is hurting. They're like, okay. Cause what they recently found out is it looks like it's going to be several more months. They actually did some really, I mean, funny, but like gallows humor type posts on their social media this week mm. where they went and set up tables in the middle of Florida, Nebraska, during rush hour. And were sitting out there pouring cups of coffee because there is not a single car. Mm. And also there's not a single at that day. And many days, honestly, there's not a single worker doing construction like it's just Mm. equipment sitting in the road there's no one even there working um and so there's a major problem so it it got some news this week but like one just a plea to like support this business but also putting pressure on the city to hurry up um now this is affecting and making the news because this business is hurting and making noise and has quite the following uh but also i talked to some people in the neighborhood that live there and they're like oh yeah this is a problem for them right now but it's been a problem for this neighborhood uh, for, for all year because it's just this section of road now. But before that, it was back in Robles Park area. Before that, it was this road over here. Like there's some maybe sewer line or something running under that they've been working on. So it's like closure after closure after closure people not being able to get to their houses or get mm. to the park or get wherever. Uh, but right now um, there is. So King State is open it has been a really hard time for their business and they are feeling like the existential threat of long-term closures. Hopefully the city will help them with some of the lost revenue, but also those of you um, that are able that drink coffee that, you know, go, go hit them up. Also at night, they're running, they do, uh, they have a full liquor bar now. Um, they call it at night. I think it's called ups and downs, same business though. And you can go day or night and support this business and, uh, just, um, Be persistent when you're trying to get over there uh, Mm -hmm. because it is hard to find your way in. It's usually easier to come from the side that the interstate is on because you can't come through from the Florida Avenue side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They have been working on that for a long time. Um, And it's already kind of hard. Like it being the only business on there, it's hard to advocate for yourself, right? It's not like you're on the main street of Ebor, and you can all these businesses come together, right? right? Mm -hmm. You're all by yourself. And so there's, you're the only voice really um, fighting for yourself. Um, and then in the last little piece, piece of news, um, the three R's, so uh, Reduce, Reuse, Recycle Art and Poetry Contest is accepting new student submissions. Um, this is an environmental art contest held in Tampa Bay, focusing on waste reduction. I remember this last year. Yeah, and the deadline for submission is February 12th, um, and residents can actually vote for the winners online from the 19th to the 29th of February, and then the winners are notified in March. It's a great little contest that the city does every year. It'll open
0: up once these are submitted, then it'll open up where we can go in and vote, right? Is that yeah, how it so was? I think 19th, we voted on last year, yeah. Yeah.
1: And they showed the little they're actually kind of cute. Um and there's different categories and different age ranges and things like that. Uh so coming up next week we have MLK Day. And so with MLK Day comes the MLK Junior Day of Service happening at McKay Bay Nature Park um on January thirteenth from eight eight thirty AM to twelve thirty PM. And so you can join um, to be a part of that. They will have beautification activities from nine to eleven thirty, and then a cookout style lunch and education fair starting at eleven thirty. Um, it's open to three hundred volunteers over the age of twelve, and you must register in advance. And so um, we shared the link, but you can also just find it online by searching MLK Junior Day of Service. Um, the actual MLK Day parade will happen that following Monday on January fifteenth um it kind of starts over at cascading park there at 12 to, from 12 to 3 but um you know it's a parade so they they move around a little bit and actually from our Ebor street community garden that afternoon um myself and jessica are, are sometimes out there and we'll be out there um because it passes right by us
0: does it yeah Good so first
1: it's actually the uh the lineup to the parade. <laughs> so technically they're not parading yet. It's like people lined like they're lined up ready to parade. But it's right down our Ebor Street. It's um, on Ebor Street. Nice. It's on twenty uh, first from our garden yeah, you can see yeah, it though. Yeah. So um so yeah. If you want to check out the parade, January fifteenth, twelve to three over at Cascaden. If you want to join us checking out the parade. Um Ebor Street Community Garden is right around the corner. Um it is crazy down there, so figure out Your car situation, you will not be able to park in and around Cascadian Park. Um, If you're listening, you will be able to park on Ebor Street Road. (laughs) So Maybe. That's a tight road, too. But It's a small road, but you can't park there. It is open. So it's it's a good hack. Um, And then along with MLK, the Tampa Black Heritage Festival will be taking place on the 13th to the 14th at Curtis Hickson Waterfront Park. Um, This is a two-day music festival that kicks off on Saturday. It's first-come, first-served seating. And general admission is $54 for both days. Um, and then, of course, they have things that are upwards of, you know, a couple hundred bucks to VIP and whatnot. Um, and then finally, next week on January 18th, uh, the Social Entrepreneur Summit and Ecosystem Fundraiser will be happening at the um, at Bakemore Pies. I
0: also don't know Bake More Pies, but I am excited to see it because I
1: will definitely
0: be at this event.
1: Um, and so it's happening on um, from five thirty to ten, and there'll be um, you know, tons of different partners in social enterprise. Tickets are one hundred and fifty dollars, and you'll have access to a social entrepreneur panel, networking sessions, sessions, and an entertainment after party. I went to the last. Let me. I will say because one hundred
0: fifty bucks seems like a steep price tag. I will tell you that. Um, they, at least at the last one, and I believe they're doing the same thing with the hors d'oeuvres and the full open bar, it's all open. So if you think about like getting a full meal and drinks, right? Um, that sounds a little more like the cost of going out. And it is a pretty good party that they throw as well. Um, so, and it is a fundraiser. So it is supporting kind of ecosystem development. I just looked up Bakemore Pies. They are a digital uh, marketing agency. So this must be their, their space um, down on uh, Nassau. And um, anyway, I will be there. You'll be there, right? Yep, I'll be yep. there. So you guys come hang out with us and uh, enjoy. And these are said to be um, going to be, I believe, bi-monthly um, hmm. or I'll say at the very least quarterly. But it does say bi-monthly on the website right now, which is a uh, ambitious uh, cadence but um, some of the people that are behind this, I, I think uh, be it's pretty, I've been in pretty impressed with what they've been able to pull off. So anyway, it should be a good time. Very cool. Well, guys, I think that's what we got for you today. Um, I want to just invite you to, you know, continue to comment, rate um, on this show. On Tampa Talk, please share Tampa Talk, share word on the streets. We will be out at Harvest Hope uh, this morning from 1030 to 1130 sharing groceries with our uh, kinship mobile free market and then also we'll be putting in some work at the Ebor street community garden from 10 to 12 Uh, if you want to come get a lay of the land where you'll be coming for the parade uh anyway that's what we got this week uh thank you so much for joining us
1: until next time
0: y'all be good